I was showing people how to use AI, how to use it in their office, how to reduce time and energy with using ChatGPT by building your avatar, doing all your research through it, building your vision journey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What jobs don't have to be done in the office? And I said, and there's a lot of them, but for whatever reason, dental has just held on to a lot of these jobs that they think should be done in the office and it could be done outside the office. And these two dentists said they were not happy. It was the worst experience that I ever had mindset that I feel like has got to shift in dental is that so many dental offices these days still hire for experience. Show me your experience and then we can hire you. So training is a function in every business that needs to happen that is something that I feel like nobody ever does right. First step of training is documenting, which is the SOP. Taking live calls, watching them, and talking through them. And this is something that dental doesn't ever do. And I think it's a huge lack in why a lot of things don't work. But we record every client interaction and we record every sales call. Every communication point and every call is recorded. We then put that into a software that is AI. I'm working on an LMS for dental offices, for groups specifically, and it's called... Welcome back to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your co-host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. My name is Tanner Applegate. I am the CEO and founder of Unify. We are a platform bringing all of your different tools into one single place to make your life so much easier. Awesome. So we got four really good topics. So we got AI and ortho and why it's not working right now. And we have an event that I just hosted this weekend in LA. And I got challenged pretty hard by some dentists there. I'd love to talk through that with you, Tanner. And then uh, we have a topic around training, which I think is really uh, important to talk about especially right now with staffing and those kind of things. Training's huge. And then lastly, which state has the most dentist versus which state has the least dentist? I think it's based on population. So which one do you want to tackle first? I want to hear how the event went. Absolutely. So, okay. So we've been, we've been doing these little mini events, um, just smaller rooms, 30 to 50 people kind of traveling around the country and doing these. This one was an on sale. So it was around operationally, um, what to do with these new patients that are coming on and that want larger treatment. Uh, when I say larger treatment, I mean over $20,000. And a lot of that just hinges on your team's capability to present and to uh, uh, explain value in a very clear way. And one of the things that I brought up, I was, I was showing people how to use AI, how to use it in their office, how to reduce time and energy um, with, with using ChatGPT by building your avatar, doing all your research through it, building your patient journey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that came up, I said, look, one of the things you guys need to be doing is figuring out what jobs don't have to be done in the office. And I said, and there's a lot of them, but for whatever reason, dental has just held on to a lot of these jobs that they think should be done in the office and it could be done outside the office. And these two dentists said they were not happy. They basically said, I have already done this. I outsourced to the Philippines. It was horrible. It was the worst experience that I ever had. And so I asked them questions. You know, I said, did you, did you refer to, did you, did, was it just like a call center or did you hire somebody and train them and, and implement a system? And they were like, yeah, no, it was just a third party. And I was like, well, yeah, of course it's going to suck, right? Like chances of that sucking are very high. Um, but if you do this properly with outsourcing, you get somebody who's on your team 
you integrate them into your systems and into your culture, you can do it effectively and at a fraction of the cost. And I've seen it done. I've personally seen it done. And they really pressed me on this, Tanner. They were like, no, I don't know if it can be done. And uh, so anyways, I was just curious of your point of view on this particular topic. One mindset that I feel like has got to shift in dental is that so many dental offices these days still hire for experience, right? Show me your experience and then we can hire you. And I'm like, no, because if you show, if you're hiring based off of experience, you are still leaving it up to them of how things are done. And chances are there's a reason why they're on the job market. Yeah. Right. And that's the problem. So they're sitting there hiring for the Philippines. Yeah. If you're going to hire for experience from the Philippines, there's no way it's going to work out because they don't know how dental works in the U.S. No. Right. Yeah. And but if you are structured enough to be able to say, hey, let me hire you and I'll teach you how it needs to be done. That's where yep. success comes in. So I think that the idea of experience hiring and a lot of people literally cannot fathom that there's a different way to hire. Right. Hire for a skill set, hire for a personality and then train and give them the experience. Hey, happy new year. And thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got something really, really important to share with you. That's going to bring massive impact to your practice. So every year things change in your market every single year, people move, incomes change, populations change. And it's really important that you stay up to date with that. And one of the things that we offer to all of our customers, and we want to offer it to all of our listeners completely for free is mapping out your new patients. So we're not going to only show you where your new patients are coming from on a map, just like this above, but we're also going to show you the income areas that they're coming from, the different boxes of income, as well as the populations to make sure that you have supporting areas to where you can attract more new patients. And lastly, we're going to map out all of your competition for you for free. This is 100% for free, no obligation. And we're really excited to share this with all of our listeners. So all you have to do is go to maps.smcnational.com and it's first come, first serve. We're not going to offer this forever. So if you want to get this, get in now, get all your new patients mapped out for the new year. We're looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's what I tried to explain and they were not happy about it. And I I, I literally told him, Tanner, I was like, I would challenge your your belief system. Like I would challenge your belief because because he clearly believes something that he'd experienced and he was like, that's the end all. And I said, I've seen this work. I've seen it work personally, especially on the phones and some of these other things like Bill, like there's so many other things that you can use this for. So dental still, what this showed me though, Tanner, is why dental so stuck, right? Because if you have to hire somebody for five to $6,000 a month all in with insurance and taxes and all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera it makes it very hard to grow because you might not need all that cost to get the job done. And so you end up stuck and you end up not answering your phones, which is crazy to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I honestly, it's also a big opportunity. And it's the reason why the industry is moving to consolidation is because if you're not going to take advantage of those opportunities to reduce your Someone overhead, else will. somebody else will. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so let's. Uh, what do you want to tackle next? So we got the. Um, I got the stuff on AI and ortho, and then training, and then the states with the most and least amount yeah, of dentists. Let's do the states. This is okay, interesting let's do it. to me. Okay, so, so this is number of dentists per one hundred thousand population, right? So let's start with the least populated states. Uh, I'll give you ten guesses to. Well, how many? 10 guesses to get the five. So it's per capita? Per capita. 
Okay, so I got to go Alaska. Eh. Alaska's not on there? Not on the least. What? Okay, um, I'm going to guess Arkansas. Ding. Okay, you got one. Let's go. Okay. And, okay, so are the rest in that region, that southern... Yeah. Alabama? You say that. Let me pull this up. Okay, Alabama, Arkansas. Those are two of the t- five. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So Alabama, Arkansas. Um, what are some other state? Louisiana? No, Louisiana. Okay. Um, let me pull up a map to look at this. Uh, is there any <laughs> in the Northeast? Geography. There's one in the Northeast. Let me see if I can get that one. The one going... Number one least and the number one most. Rhode, Rhode Island? Rhode Island no, in right Northeast? Island. No, Rhode Island. Ooh, Maine? Or New Hampshire? No, Maine or New Hampshire. Vermont? Nope. Oh, okay. I'm not... Yeah, well, that wouldn't be it. All right, so I'm going to go back down to the south here. Uh, Mississippi? Mississippi's. Georgia? Georgia's number five. So we got... Five is Georgia, four Mississippi, three Arkansas, two Alabama. We're missing Missouri? number one. Missouri? It's in the Northeast. Northeast. Pennsylvania. It's not Pennsylvania. Ohio? That's not in the Northeast. <laughs> okay, so so there's Maryland, Delaware, Delaware. Ding. Delaware. Okay, okay. Delaware is the least populated. And I think that's a little bit of cheating because honestly, I don't think that people in Delaware always necessarily get services provided in Delaware. Oh, they travel because it's so small, right? Because right? they're next to Maryland, they're next to New Jersey, they're next to Pennsylvania. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, West is West Virginia on the list? No. Okay. Kentucky? No. I Well, I don't know. These, I already did the top five. That's all I know are the top oh, five. Oh, okay. So those are the least populated. Now let's- Those are the least the, populated. Let, now, now let's we're going to go most, to the most populated. And this is done by state, right? This is done by state. So I'm going to go uh, Arizona. Nope. Florida? Not on the list. Dude, California? California is number three. Okay, Hawaii? Hawaii is number four. Oh, Utah. No, Utah. What? Surprising now that you say that. That's that is crazy. true. Um, okay, where's where's the rest of them? What part of the country? Uh, we got another one in the Northeast and one that you've already mentioned. So is it New York? The one is very close to home for me. No, New York. New York. Uh, Colorado? Colorado's number five. Okay. Why Colorado, though? Why would... That's so weird. Uh, it's because people... It's such a... Yeah. A lot of people are wanting to live here. Why? I think it's one of those states. It's they just it's be, hot right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, oh, Maryland. Washington, D.C.? There's a lot of dentists there. North Carolina? More north. No. Wow. Okay. More north. Okay. Uh, Virginia. More north. More Maryland. Uh, New York or New Jersey. More north. More north. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you, I already said it. Uh, Vermont. Nope. Connecticut. Nope. Okay, bro. Just give it to me. I don't know. It's Massachusetts. Oh. And that's Boston. Boston's super densely populated. Got it. And the number one, which is the reason what, this is the one that surprised me the most. What was your number one guess for the least populated? Alaska. That's the most populated. 
how oh we understand like what there's barely anybody that lives there that's the problem they probably were like we don't actually have a hundred thousand population and so we're just gonna chalk it up no i don't know and and they have 700 they have 700,000 there I think it's probably due to the fact that a lot of people that live in Alaska may not live there year round. And so dentists that are there are there seasonally as well. They get counted as a dentist, but the population is going to be a lot smaller. Yeah. There's only 700,000 people there. That's crazy. Okay. Um, Let's talk through um, uh, the training. I want to hear about uh, what's going on with the training. Yeah. So so training is is a function in a every business that needs to happen that is something that I feel like nobody ever does right. Right. But what's amazing is that because nobody ever does it right, why is it not really ever solved? And so traditional training, right, is the uh, let's sit one-on-one and I'll dump all my knowledge onto you. The good things about this is that it usually sticks a lot better because you have somebody kind of transferring that knowledge. But the bad thing about it is, A, it's not scalable and B, you can't necessarily control inequality. Because if you've got 20 people teaching you all the same thing, nobody, those 20 people are not going to teach the same, right? And so they've got things like people always next stage of development and training is let's do SOPs. We'll just hand people SOPs and then they'll follow the SOPs. We all know that that never works because nobody actually reads an SOP to train. They read an SOP to learn in the moment. How do I, how do I do something that I've already learned? Right. So within the training world, how do you guys do training and how successful has it been for you and your team? So some things in our company get trained really well and some don't. Um, so what I think mm. there's like this always like this process, right, that you go through of learning. So the first step of training is documenting, which is the SOP. And then you think, oh, OK, I got I got all this training. We have like thousands and thousands and thousands, not exaggerating of SOPs. So then it's like. Now we can't find anything because there's so many SOPs, right? So then you need to go through and you need to organize them. So then we we have like 100 training, 200, 300, 400, 500, all the way up. And it depends on, you know, what kind of training it is. And those are all organized now. And then, and then from there, you then need to, um, the best thing from there. So now that all you have all this training, you have all the information, go through and use it. Then you have to use specific training. And specific training is best utilized, in my experience, on taking calls, live calls, watching them, and talking through them. And this is something that dental doesn't ever do. And I think it's a huge lack in, in, in why a lot of things don't work. So I'll give you some real-life examples of what we've done. So we record every client interaction, and we record every sales call. Every, and from end to end, right? That's my point. Whether somebody's starting with us or offboarding with us and everything in between. Every communication point and every call is recorded. We then put that into a software that is AI. So we can search all of that by keyword. So I can go in and say, anywhere that it's mentioned XYZ um, keyword, I can pull that up and it will pull every single call that has that keyword in it uh, that was spoken. Then from there, we can add in playbooks into our CRM and the playbooks have the scripting of what people are supposed to follow. And then the AI picks up if people are following the playbooks or not. And so now when someone doesn't follow the playbook or they say the thing they're not supposed to say or say it at the wrong time, whatever, it's triggered. And then we can review that with them. And then we call it game tape, right? So then I can sit down with you, Tanner, 
and say, all right, Tanner, let's watch this call together. Okay. So right here, the client said this, why didn't like, why did you respond this way? Oh, because you know, three calls ago, they said this. Okay. That makes sense. Here's some scripting to help around that. That'll help you next time. And we do this in a group setting. So everybody in that department's getting the benefit of this nuanced thing. And so that's, that's kind of how we've thought through training for our, our company. I think that training is great. This is the uh, people to people connection, which is one of the hardest to train. So kudos to that. I mean, that, that, that seems like you guys have put a lot of time and energy into it. What about though, the tactical things, right? How do we create a website or even something like in the dental office? Like, how do we bill out? Because people think that they know how to bill, but they're all doing it very differently and getting very mixed results. Right. And so when it's not people to people, which again, I think you guys have an amazing system. What does the uh, training structure look like there? Well, that would be, that would be where the SOP comes in, how to build a website as an example. Okay. And so, yeah, so there would be a, a step-by-step here's, here's the things that matter in this particular instance for the, for the website, you know, you, the, the phone so number you guys, SOPs work for you that you can train people off of SOPs. Yeah, but then there becomes a person to person, like you said, okay. there usually has to come in. A person somewhere along the lines has to come in, but then we have somebody who goes behind that and updates the SOP. But yeah, when when we onboard somebody, they get a lot of training. They used to, we used to be like, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to this. We used to onboard people, and it was like, you get no training. Here you go. You know what I mean? And it was like that caused massive problems. So, but I, again, I think there's stages because it's you can't do training without an SOP, right? Like you can, but it's, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. You're just going to do it over and over and over and over again. But if you have that SOP and you have that point of reference and then, and then it's organizing the SOP and then putting it in a a house to easily access, that's (laughs) kind of how I think through it. Uh, There's three, there's three types of SOPs. And this is what I train people on is that you have the zero to one training, which is, I don't know anything and I need to learn everything. Then you have the just-in-time training, which is, I've already learned it, but I don't remember how to do a specific thing. What do I reference? And then there's the change management of, hey, we used to do things this way, but now we need to do things this way, and we need to make sure that everyone is on the same page about this change in process, right? And so those three, the just-in-time, SOPs are great for just-in-time, right? Oh, I forgot how to do it. Let me quickly reference. Okay, yeah, this is what it is. I, I remember that now. But the zero to one, that's where things are terrible. And that's where people still fall back in it and rely on the person to person, which is well, good, supported by SOPs, but still not totally scalable. So let me give you, let me give you a, um, a little hack on that that I've seen work really well. Ooh, so in your SOP, to get that human, to get that somebody's brand new and it's like how to build a website or how to answer the phones or whatever, right? So what you can actually do is you can take the SOP and then... Um, so I call it the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. So the letter of the law is like, you got to follow the scripting. But the spirit of the law is like, well, not really. You don't have to follow it exactly. You're just trying to get this basic information and meet the patient's needs, right? And so you can't really articulate. It's really hard to articulate that in writing, but you can articulate it in a video. So what we'll do is we'll create an SOP. Here's how to answer your phones. This is step-by-step. And then here's a video at the top of Gary or whoever else explaining the SOP from the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. And so you can just watch that real quick. It's a five minute thing rather than try to read through it and learn it. That has worked really, really well for, for me. 
What are you doing for uh, knowledge testing? Um, we we have a little test, like so. We'll put it in a learning uh, LMS, and then they do a little test at the end, like what is the correct way to do da 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 da. Yeah, because yeah. and I think that your learning testing is done on those phone calls that you're doing, but yes, yeah. But on the other stuff, yes, you do need to go in. And, and also, when when people realize that their work, so like if you're building a website, it's going to be judged by the client, by everybody, you know, and there's problems. Then that creates a lot of problems and a lot of backlash for you. So you want to get it right. And then, but even more so, the uh, what most people don't realize is the positive peer pressure of reviewing calls with your peers is no joke. Like it works. The, everything's retained. I, the retention has gone through the roof when we do it that way. So what yeah, we that- started to do it, we used to just do it like for sales and stuff like that. But then we we're just like, no, 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 no. We're gonna role play. We're gonna watch this. And then we're going to role, we're going to say what was right, what was wrong about it. And then we're going to role play about it on every single interaction by department by department. Here's how this department should be like respond. Here's how this department should respond. That's been huge, like humongous. Um, That's awesome. That's a good idea. Major retention with that. Yeah, that'd that'd be really helpful if you're grading a group of people, because then you're not just learning your mistakes, but you're learning everyone else's too. And when you get on the next call, right, if you're at the front desk and you flub a call and then you have to listen to it with the peers, say what you got right, what you got wrong. And then you get on the, and, and then you, and you review that the next time you answer that phone, you don't want to have that experience again on that call. You want to get it right. right? Like it, it I, I've just noticed the retention goes through the roof when you're in, in that environment rather than a one-on-one or a, just a mention, Hey Tanner, can you please make sure to do this when you answer your phone? Or, or even worse, which is, I'm not going to point fingers or say any names, but we need to do this differently. Yeah. No, and no, everyone thinks it's somebody else and nobody changes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, here's one here. I got, I got something I'm working on. I haven't actually shared this with you. Um, so I won't share all the details because I, I haven't launched it yet. But so I'm working on an LMS for dental offices for groups specifically. And it's called, um, I won't give it the name yet, but. Basically, what we're doing is we're working with experts. So I'll define an expert. An expert is somebody who's actually doing the thing in the DSO, right? So we're, I've already started to build some of these. So I go like, uh, we did one on treatment presentation for um, full arch. So I went and found somebody who does 60 arches a month uh, that they sell. And I said, okay, can I come in and document your process? We went into their office. I documented their whole process. And then I went in and recorded an LMS with them and we did modulars. We did four different tracks with modulars underneath it. Here's all the things you need. Here's the paperwork that you need. Like we pieced the whole thing together. And, um, and then now we have this LMS is here's how to, how to do this is you can implement this. And we're planning on going through every single department, everything from clinical leadership to RCM, to marketing, to IT, but we're going to have besides legal. Legal is the only one that we, yeah. we're, I don't want somebody winging it. Um, but um, we're going to bring these experts in and then we're helping them framework what they've been doing to teach other people. Um, so that's something that we're launching next year. And I'm just going to launch them one at a time and then roll them all up into one big company. But the, the purpose of it is number one, to train my team. So my team will be watching these to learn, like, here's why revenue cycle management is such a pain. And here's why it's so important that we, you know, do different things as a marketing company. Um, but then also to train our clients as well, because they're, they, 
the more they can get up to speed, the easier it is for a marketing company. I mean, I could just save you a bunch of time and just, you can go just get Brian Cleo to do all of us. <laughs> that would be awesome. Cool. That's awesome, man. Well, that's exciting. I mean, it was, it's something that's been on my mind recently. It sounds like you guys have put a lot of time and energy into it. I'm interested to see what your next iteration is, but that's awesome. Um, what was the last thing that you... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that one really quickly. So I'll pull up this article here um, and show it to you. So hold on one second. Yeah, I'll share more with you when you get, when you get there. So this study, it was very limited. The study was very small. It was a small group. So I'll say that. And it was also... Um, they use a lot of dental jargon, so I don't. There's stuff in here I don't understand with like the degrees of their teeth and this this kind of stuff I don't get. But um, long story short, what they did was is they said, "Hey, we're going to launch a program where we take 24 people who did ortho and or clear, clear liners in office with somebody monitoring the movement of the teeth and telling them when to level up their next trays versus." someone just staying at home and nobody really paying attention and you just taking a picture and sending it in and they some they, they use some other technology that they had around AI to see where the teeth are at and the results of the ones done at home surprise surprise were not anywhere in the ballpark of the ones that weren't done at home and um so they're they're telling people we need to pump the brakes on the whole do it at home do it yourself um, and we'll just kind of have AI monitor you through the process versus someone doing it in the office and watching the process. Um, what is, what's interesting to me about that, though, is that is not like Smile Direct Club. Mm -hmm. They're not talking about Smile Direct Club. They're no. talking more about dental monitoring or those other ones. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's fascinating that that was a, a negative outcome. Yeah, it was only with 30 people. So it was Send very me that small. Link. Huh? Send me that link. Yep. You got it. Yeah, it was only 30 people. It was 30 versus 24. So it's not this huge sample size, but it was the the results were so much different that it was big enough for them to start talking about it and saying, this is bad. This we shouldn't be doing. We need to pump the brakes on this. Because then as a provider, you start relying too much on the AI and it's going to produce negative clinical outcomes. Yeah. And I think there's a world where it's like in my head, and again, I couldn't understand a lot of the clinical speak in it but basically it's like eh, the patient you can use ai but you still need somebody proofing this in the office and, and getting eyes on it there isn't a there isn't a good enough way to see this stuff from home yet right which may change in the future with scanners maybe like i, I can imagine in the future the way technology gets cheaper over time it's deflationary you someone could eventually uh, get a scanner that plugs into your phone and scans your mouth that does give you super accurate scans to the dental office, but we're we're not anywhere near something like that. Those scanners are very expensive. Not the scanners necessarily, but they do have a lot of like actually pretty impressive monitoring equipment that gives you like consistency in how you're scanning your mouth. But you're right, not I mean, it's not a full blown digital rendering of your mouth. Yeah. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, good talk. All right, chat with you soon. Peace.